Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Live Church Orlando, where we encourage you to live your life His way. For more information about Live Church and other resources, please visit livechurchorlando.com. not been here that the premise scripture is the 10 lepers the 10 men that were lepers and God says to them Jesus says to them go show yourselves to the priest and all the next thing we know is the Bible says and as they went we don't know if they said okay I bet cool we don't know what their their response was obedience the next verse in your life after God gives you an instruction should be as Ty went Ty, do this. The next line should say, and as Ty went. So he waited to make sure it was God, and he, did, and he prayed. And he, no, as he went. The next thing we saw was they did it. Ooh, the Lord was telling me, the Bible says, and as they went, they were, they, were, they were healed. So the whole theme for those visitors, I don't know who's here or who's watching by stream. God bless you. I love you. The whole premise of the year is built around as they went, they were healed. As you go, God will perfect the things that concern you. You're not going to be perfect today, but as you go, he'll perfect you. You're not going to be everything you need to be today, but as you go, you will become everything you need to be. But you got to start. You got to move. I ain't going to stay on that subject too long because I'm going to make another point. God told me today, he said, let them know not to be. I know I said it before, but I'm going to break it down just a little bit more. Don't be results driven. Be obedience-driven. You got that? If you're results-driven and Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest, you will have a rebuttal. If I go, am I going to... We want to know what's going to happen when I obey. Because that will determine whether we obey or how fast we respond or that will determine... You know, my momentum as I obey, if I know where this obedience will lead me. But God is saying you're messing yourself up because I'm not saying anything else. All I'm saying is show yourselves to the priest. All right, but God, you know I'm God. You got all these things and he's quiet, but you're not progressing. Because we are results driven. I'll do it if I'm going to be healed. I'll do it if I'm going to be, if this means I'm going to be blessed, I'll do it. We, that's results driven. Obedience driven is getting the same satisfaction as if you got the results. But I'm just satisfied that I'm pleasing, good God. Him who my soul, do you love Jesus at all? Him who my soul loveth. So I, I'm pleased in that I'm pleasing him in my obedience. Not I'm doing what he said so I can get what I want. Oh, your spouse, your boo, your boss, anybody, nobody wants to feel used. God has emotions too. He does not want to feel, he don't want to be used. Giving you what you want right now is nothing. Literally. The earth is his footstool. The the earth. Okay, so a car, you got me? A house, whatever, whatever. That's nothing to him. So the big deal, the, the 
the wedge between you and obedience can't be the car. Because that's nothing. Because when God gives you the car, that still don't mean you're in love with him. So I'm going to give you several instructions to see if you obey me before I release anything to you. Because if you love me, you'll keep. I need to make sure you love me. I don't want you just using me. Do you love me? Giving you what you want and need is, is literally nothing. Literally, a cattle on a thousand hills, and that's just an, uh, an analogy. It's nothing. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. He'll turn, he'll make your ball, he'll give you favor on your job. He'll give you favor in whoever. That's nothing to him. What's everything to him is your heart. Ooh. The things are nothing to him, literally. And it's a shame that things become everything to us. And it begins to cloud or tint our view of God. So now, you, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Our mood is based on his provision now, not who he is. That, so if he did everything you wanted him to do this week, yo, I love God, bro. That, that, not because of who he is. Uh, I, I, I often think about Noah's sons. After Noah, after they, 40 days and 40 nights, right? So they're on dry ground, and the, 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 the ark is on a hill. Noah turns up. Okay, don't read the Bible over here. <laughs> Noah turned up. He got drunk. They don't read it over here either. Who read it? Yep. Anybody know? You know that? Okay. Noah got lit. Like, yo, I done built this ark. Everybody safe? Everybody good? Cool. Pour me a... Uh, uh, Noah got lit. The son went into his tent, his house. At least he was home. I ain't going to talk about that because I don't want y'all to think I'm giving anybody permission. To, but at least. And he was alone. At least. Nobody else is in danger. I'm not giving anybody permission to do anything. The Bible says to be not drunk with wine. So I'm not telling you, but at least I was home. I was with him. He was home. He was alone. He just saved the world. No, let's think about this. He just preserved humanity through his obedience. He preached for years, get on the boat, as he built. So he physically built and spiritually preached for years. He had one night. Never mind. One night. The younger son went in there in dad's house and saw Noah drunk and naked. Your Bible, this ain't me. Yeah. Drunk and naked. He was in there like, I'll drink in the room. All right, go to, y'all need to get saved. All of y'all. I got you. I got you. He got caught. And red. Boom. 
faded out quick. And red. <laughs> I didn't even hear the D on the red. And red. <laughs> you know you caught when you leave letters out. And red. The younger son said, yo, dad is drunk and naked in the tent. Can you believe that? This is embarrassing. I can't. He posted his dad. Today he went live. Like, wow. Wow. World star. World star. Shade room. other sons said really that, that's what happened to dad yeah we're gonna go see about him they went took a covering opened his tent walked in backwards y'all I need people covering me that know how to walk backwards good God almighty I know you know how to post but do you know how to cover I know you know how to spread junk but do you know how to walk backwards he walked backwards they walked backwards they covered their dad. They never saw his nakedness. They never saw, y'all not hearing what I'm saying. I don't even want to see your weaknesses. You've been too good to me. It's because of you I'm even alive. I can't, I can't, I don't even want to see you. You need some people in your life that don't even want to see you. Y'all not, never mind. Look at your neighbor say, cover me. I'm not going to always get it right as I go. Cover me. I'm not going to cross every T and dot every I, but I like to know that I got somebody around me that can walk in backwards and still honor who I've been to you before this moment. Yeah, I've been something to you before I got drunk. Before I made a mistake, I meant something to you. I know who I am and not always what I do. Never mind. That's the treatment the younger generation gave their authoritative figure who literally saved their lives. That's the mindset. Even though you did all that and we're alive because of you, we still make mockery and dishonor you by exposing you. Isn't that ridiculous? Let's not be like that. Let's love the Lord enough. Let's love the Lord enough to say, you've done all this for me. And not that we'll ever catch God drunk and nothing like that. But I'm saying, if he's done all of that for you, our honor of who he is, regardless of when he does this next thing for you, when, as we go, you waiting on something, who has he been to you before this need? Okay, let's talk. He's been something to you before this new need. This new need cannot become his new perspective. You can't view him differently because you got a fresh need. Now you view him, you, you understand what I'm saying? In a, in, a, in a negative connotation because you're waiting on him to come. But who has he been before this need? He deserves love, honor, praise and worship because of who he is and who he's been. So let's be obedience driven, not results driven. When you're not results driven, you don't always know the results. Ooh, that's the as we go right there. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know. I don't know. Right. 
I-O-N. That's what I said. I own. I don't know. I'm just being obedient. I don't know the results of this. But when I'm obedient, but when I'm, here it is, when I'm obedience driven, he's responsible for the results. That's, thank you all for the 15 people that know that that's good news. I like when God prioritizes stuff for me. Because when I prioritize stuff, it's the wrong order every time. Because one person say amen to me. I know you very structured and orderly and you have all your vision board down packed. I know you got it more together than I do. But I'm glad God reconstructs my priorities. So, sometimes faith and trust work simultaneously. I'm just going to read this and then I'm going to... Sometimes faith and trust work simultaneously. I'm doing what he says... That's faith. Faith without works is dead. So I'm doing what God says while trusting that over time, that the outcome, here we go, while trusting that the outcome will be what he considers good. Now that's, let me break that down really quick. So just give, be nice, be kind. First of all, it's hard to give anything when you need so much. So let me just set the whole sermon up like that. When you come to church, you're thinking about your deficit. You're thinking about how many numbers in the negatives you are. Like, I'm, I'm negative 12 right now, and God is telling me to give 20? I don't have, I don't, I'm not at zero. He loves doing that. Ooh, he loves doing that. The widow only had one little cornbread for her and her son. That's it. We're going to eat this cornbread, and we're going to die. That's what she said. Not cornbread, but something like that. I only got a meal. I only got a little corn. I only got a little meal. I'm going to make this for me and my son. There's a famine going on. Everybody around us is dying. We're going to make this last supper. And we're going to die. The man of God said, oh, that's your last? Yeah. Give me some first. If it's the Lord and you're at your last and a man of God comes, surely he's going to give you something, right? This is my last meal. And the prophet comes to my house. He going to bring me instruction. Oh, y'all. It's the perfect scenario. I'm home about to eat this last meal. Yes, the prophet is at my door. Nobody else has this visitation but me. Surely God is about to give me instruction. What if your answer is an instruction? And out of the, your obedience to instruction in that condition, when you obey God in that condition, do y'all hear me? When you have nothing seemingly, and he says, give more. If you obey in that condition, like the Bible says of the woman who gave, she never ran out. So are you just trying to get your next bill paid or perpetual provision? You just want this next mortgage paid or for the rest of your life? I ain't worrying about it because it's, I want that rest, I don't know who I'm talking to tonight because y'all real quiet. 
I want that rest of my life blessing. Is anybody else with me? You can pay my next car. No, that ain't going to give me that rest of my life provision. Rest of my life provision does not come from getting another job. It comes from obeying God in a low place. It comes from obeying God in a low place. When you have nothing and he's asking for more, when you give, you open up the windows of heaven and he'll pull you. Y'all, I know y'all think I'm playing. I got stories for days. He'll pull you out of blessing. You won't have room to receive, but we're so narcissistic, we can't even hear the instruction. Our ears are dull because we don't, we don't even have a trigger or alert to anything that's not directly beneficial to what we need or want. Oh, that was good. So when I obey God in a low place, I have faith while I'm trusting, right? So I have faith. So I'm doing what he said, and I'm trusting at the same time that he's going to come through. So faith and trust go hand in hand sometimes. Are you hearing me? While I'm doing the part I can do, I'm believing he's doing the part I can't. You understand what I'm saying? But he told me to tell you like this. He said, faith and trust work simultaneously sometimes. While I'm doing what God tells me to do, I'm trusting that the outcome will be what he considers good. All things work together for good, the Bible says. We say all things work together for my good. We added that word. Look it up right now. Is he serious? Yeah, look, look it up. All things work together for good. Okay, so, the, so good there is relative then. It has to be according to the writer. All things work together for what the writer considers good. <laughs> we believe that the Bible is the word of God. So all things work together for what God considers good for you, even though it might not be good. Oh, it got, it got. Let me get out of here quick. Because we're looking for God. To work out something good to us. His blessing got to be good to me. Sometimes the blessing is good for you. But not enjoyable to you. Oh, it's quiet for some reason in here. <laughs> so we miss it. When we're, cynic, when we're just self-centered. And just, we just look for, the, look for the doorways that lead to our blessing. Where's the doorways that lead to his pleasure? Because watch this. This, this. Here's the end of it. And then I'm going to what I, what I was sharing Sunday and try to finish it. Because, because he loves me and he knows the thoughts that he thinks towards me, I also trust that I cannot help but benefit when I obey him. So I'm obeying God, not knowing the results, but trusting that it's going to work out for whatever his plan is. I trust him. But because I know, he has, he, I know that he has a plan for me and the plan is for good and not for evil, I, I'm, I'm trusting that I got to benefit in some way. Are you understand what I'm saying? Even if it's something I don't like. Yesterday I had a, uh, I get a cavity feel, right? Now, so listen, let me, let me tell y'all. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me say something. Most of the times when I had to go to, go to the dentist for like fills, fillings or anything, it was like root canals. Because it got so bad, there was literally a Grand Canyon in my mouth. You understand what I'm saying? So every time I go to the dentist, it's like, oh, they're going to stick me with this needle. They're going to do all this stuff because the hole is so deep. 
So this time, the hole wasn't deep. They said, you got a little cavity on there, but before we put your Invisalign on or before your, your braces, whatever you're going to get, before we do that, you got to fill this. I said, all right, I'll go there tomorrow. I'll go there. I'll go. It's a little cavity. It's a little, little joint. <laughs> I've never been to the dentist for a little cavity. You understand what I'm saying? I always wait till, ah! <laughs> Captain Crunch hurt. You, you understand what I'm saying? Wow. I went to the dentist yesterday. He sat me back in the chair. And put that light on me and pulled, pulled this golf puck out that was a needle. I didn't know you had to get needles for small cavities. Y'all knew that, huh? Because y'all take care of you. Okay, cool. I didn't know. I was swollen half of the day. I was so upset about that. I didn't enjoy any of that. But it was good for me. A couple of weeks ago, I had an oral surgery, several extractions. Right? I'm going to be on TV a lot more, so I'm trying to get my grill fixed, right? So, y'all, don't laugh too hard. I got jokes for you. Whoever it is, whoever, 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 whoever. I have been called everything. You cannot affect me at all. Anyway, so I'm trying to get my stuff together. The process is gruesome. My pathway to better is killing me. I want y'all to hear what I'm saying because y'all still thinking about me in a dentist's office. My journey to getting better is painful. But I can look with a, small, a swollen mouth and say, thank God I'm progressing. Can anybody look with pain in your life and still say, thank God I'm making progress. Pain equals progress. I'm benefiting. I don't enjoy any of it. I don't enjoy any of it. I went earlier last week just to get it clean. I'm like, don't you clean it with a toothbrush? No. Needles came out for that. But I endure it because I'm pressing toward a certain mark. Every step in your journey is not going to be as beautiful as the end. Are y'all feeling what I'm saying? I said this before. I'm going to stop and get into the lesson. When my wife was pregnant with Austin, our first child, right? We ain't know nothing. It was our first baby. Every pain she had, we was at the emergency room. She sneezed. I said, if you sneeze twice, we leaving. Achoo, let's go. I'm sick of it. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> we in the car going to the emergency room because the house is dusty, but I don't know what's wrong. Because it's our first child. Every, every, every pain, every, her, her skin was starting to, her, you know, all the normal stuff that's normal for women. We didn't know. Everything was a pro Oh, my goodness. She's breaking out. Oh, my goodness. She's sick. Oh, my God. She got a fever. Oh, my God. Her skin. Oh, my God. Her, oh, I went, we went for everything. And every time we went, the doctor looked at the problem. Earache. Da -da -da, whatever. He looked. Oh, yeah. That's sore right there. Yeah. Oh, I see you're breaking out. Oh, wow. He said. Yeah, you're making progress. Y'all didn't. Did you hear what I just said? He looked at what was wrong with her and said, you're, you're making progress. Number one, stop judging people. They might be in the wrong, but you don't know if they're on the way. Never mind. <laughs> High five your neighbor and say, I'm on the way.
some of you all are making progress but don't realize it because the process is painful. In my progression with this dental work, I must prepare for pain. I got to prepare for pain to get better. Okay. Growing pains. Yeah, I'm going back to that, I guess. You got to prepare for pain. You got to prepare for friction. You got to prepare to be uncomfortable, especially if you're waiting for God to change things around. But you got to let go of yourself. You got to let go of yourself. You got to come out of yourself. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. We're going to go on. How I got nine minutes already? All right. The Bible says to come to, to save yourself from the untoward generation. I love that. As we go means we're going towards something. What did you go towards this week? Let me just ask y'all some questions. You can put the first script. Just go with me. Thank you so much, uh, production. What did you go towards this week? What did you go towards? What were your actions and thoughts towards this week? The Bible says save yourselves from the untoward generation. So this culture is very untoward. Everything is about the past and the now. The past and the now. And anything forward is toward destruction. But I'll talk about that later because it's late. All right? I just want to ask you, what did you go towards this week? Yeah, just think about that. What are you planning on going towards tomorrow or tonight? Because if you don't plan on going towards, you are untoward. You fall into the culture. You fall into the, the lackadaisical. It'll happen. Just, just we, we have become fulfilled viewing everybody else's life. While ours is untoward. But it's like we could actually go to sleep at night like, oh, I had a good day. I just, I saw this post. I saw. We actually feel like we're fulfilled and have done nothing but scroll. I want us to be uncomfortable being untoward. I want us to feel a little uncomfortable when we lay, the, lay our head on the bed at night and we've done nothing towards. Live. I want you to be a little agitated. I want your stomach to be troubled. I'm sorry I'm speaking a stomachache over your life, but I don't want us going to bed comfortable being untoward. I got to do something today towards my... I got to do something today towards... What I'm expecting from God or what he told me to do, I got to do something today towards it. Why do you have 24 hours in a day? You got 24 of them things. Take one to go towards. This is my preaching to myself. I'm like, yo, Ty, what you doing? Get up. Yeah. Go to what? What are you going towards? I, I can't even really talk about that too long as I want to talk about it. But the next scripture says, look, come out of yourself for a minute. Come out of yourself. You can't see it, but it says trust in the Lord and do good. We talked about this Sunday. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land. And verily thou shalt be fed. That's so good. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of thy heart. I said it Sunday. I want to say it again today. Delight thyself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. God is not going to change so you can start liking him. I'm going to this side. I like y'all, but I love y'all, okay? God is not going to adjust to our liking. He's telling you to delight yourself in me. You change to value me. Ooh. You adjust to add value to me. So delight yourself. How God is, how Christ is, I find joy in his ways. 
You got you to gotta condition yourself. You got to set your affection on things above. Uh, if, uh, if you want to know, know a secret to why we miss so many things, is this realm right here. Trust me. Delight, change you to be pleased by him. Change you. We waiting every year for God to change to our liking. It ain't going to happen. He's not here for us. He doesn't exist for us. It is he that had made us. It's quiet and live. I love it. And not we ourselves. And I'm not even trying to bust your bubble. This should be good news to all of us. I'm glad God doesn't adjust to me because I changed too much. Oh, yeah, you like your prom date, but you despise them now. <laughs> Y'all ain't going on your prom. You like me? I was at the church convention when my prom was going on. I was so mad. I was on the organ like, anyway, I went to your prom. That's right. We was married on your prom. Boom. Yup. But think about what you liked five years ago. Right. Think about what you, oh, I can't, what you couldn't live without 10 years ago. What if God just served you? Yeah, here you go. Hey, what if he just ran to your every beck and call? Heaven would be tired. So they said, I'm just going to stay here. I'm just going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. You adjust. Look at your neighbor and say, I got some adjusting to do. Say it again. I got some adjusting to do. Woo! And adjusting is also alignment. When I adjust, I come into alignment with favor, with peace, with provision, with health. You're quiet. Your adjustment is your alignment. He ain't trying to change you. He's trying to change you. God ain't trying to change you. He's trying to change you. Yes. Yes. Any man be in Christ, he's changed. Fret not thyself. We talked about that. It says my old self, let me just rush it a little bit because I want to get to a certain point. My old self has been crucified with Christ. You see that? If there's a problem, it's it's, it's these things like this. I'm telling y'all. I'm telling you. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Right? So I live in this earthly body by trusting in Jesus. Look at somebody say, this is how we live. So I live in this body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. My old self has been crucified. I'm going to keep saying this. I'm ready to move on to the next point and the next series overall with as we go. But we're not, I, I'm still flushing this out. I said, Lord, what you want me to say? Say it again. Crucify yourself. You don't just get it from hearing it. You could be convicted in church. But then when those practices and old habits, as soon as you leave church, your phone buzz and snap you right out of your conviction. Yeah. You get home and everybody who wasn't at the service snap you right out of that conviction. I'm going to keep, keep saying it till you got it to the point where can't nobody shake what God has placed on the inside. I got to do it his way regardless. So I'm going to keep saying it. My old self has been crucified. Everybody say that. If you don't believe that, you don't believe in Jesus. That's why he came. My friend said Jesus didn't just die for us. He died as us. Ain't that good? Jesus didn't just die for you. He died as you. Now you don't have to die that death. 
All you have to do is decrease and let him. But as gruesome as Christ's death was, that could be how uh, 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 crazy it feels to die to self. No, nowhere near that. I'm not saying it feels like nails in your hand, but you understand what I'm saying. It's like so hard for us. To let go of your ways and your reaction. That's what it means. My old self has been crucified. It doesn't mean I don't have the same thoughts. Because I think we expect salvation to knock out every crazy thought. I'm sorry. You will forever be at war in your mind. And let me be the one to bust the bubble. I mean, if you speak in tongues and you fall out, if you see Jesus in your room tonight, you will forever be at war in your mind. Paul, who was Saul, saw Jesus as light, knocked him off his horse, blinded him. He came back like, I'm living for God. He still said, I win some and I lose some. When I would do good, evil is still there. And he saw Jesus as a beam of light. How much more us who has never... Y'all ain't ready. You're going to battle in your mind. Period. So don't expect no crazy thoughts to come. So me dying to myself doesn't mean the thoughts don't come. It means it does not get a, res a response. Uh, uh, I say this all the time, and I'm sorry if y'all heard it, but I got to do this. This is my only, it's my, my boy in my choir, he was 25 years old. He was my son, and we lost him to a car accident, right? And his name is Kenny. Love him to death to this day. I think about him all the time. And at his funeral, people were coming around, you know, the casket, my whole group, my whole family was crying over the casket. Go, I mean, boo-hoo. Y'all, it's, it's my son. Basically, it was my son. Crying, we're going crazy. I'm, I'm like, I'm talking to him like, man, I'm talking to him. I'm saying all this stuff. My wife came. She sheds a couple of tears. I don't know if you said something. The whole choir, the whole family, we all talking to Kenny. Guess what happened? Nothing. Because he was dead to this world. So when you're dead to something, it doesn't mean that thing don't still try to speak to you. Y'all, we were still talking to him. We were still crying over him. We were still touching him. He was, but it did not get a response because he didn't exist in this realm anymore. If you're saved and born again, you're going to get the same temptations, but you're not in that realm anymore. So sin doesn't get a response from me. Y'all not happy about that? Look at your neighbor and say, it don't get no response. It's about fruit. It's about fruit. No matter what goes in my mind, what fruit do I give? What response do I give? What reaction do I give? He says, it's no longer I who live. It's no longer Ty's responses, but Christ. You're going to see me respond as close to Christ as possible. That's what decrease means. That's what my old self dies means. I know it's the same thoughts, but I got to respond differently. And I got help. Now I got help, and he is the Holy Spirit. All right, let me go to this part. Let me go to, come close to God. Find that scripture for me, and I'm going to end this soon. Come close to God. I don't know why. Yeah, I know, I know it's not a fun message, but I'm telling y'all, 
when we got, when we got this, got it. Because stress and depression only comes from you not having what you want. Some of us say, well, it's not, oh, it's not a want, Pastor. It's a need. I'm sick of my body. I'm sick of my... No. Let, let me do this. Uh, uh, I saw this uh, illustration about the power of the tongue. Everybody, when I count to three, I want you to count from one to ten silently. That means don't open your mouth. <laughs> well, when I say go, count from one to ten silently. And I'm going to give you a demonstration on the power of the tongue, okay? Go. What's your name? Say your name. Everybody say your name. Okay. What happened when you said your name? You had to stop. Right. You had to stop the other train of thought because your words introduce another one. So how do I stop my mind from going crazy? Don't try to think good thoughts. Open, open your mouth and declare when your mind is telling you, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. Open your mouth and say, by his stripes. Y'all too quiet for me, Liv. Look at your name and say, open your mouth. When you open your mouth, the thoughts have to stop. When you open your mouth, the devil is rebuked. When you open your mouth, sickness has to back up. When you open your mouth, healing. Look at your name and say, open your mouth. Ah, yeah. Y'all trying to think good thoughts on top of bad thoughts. Open your mouth. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Right now. Hold on. Right now. Right now. Whatever subconscious, lingering, replayed thought the enemy is playing in your head, I want you to speak against it right now. You'll be lonely forever. You're never going to make it. Well, I don't know what the thought is. Speak against it right now. Y'all quiet. I'm redeemed. The devil is a liar. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Speak. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You got to know what to speak against the thoughts. Oh. That's the problem. You don't even know what to say after all these crazy thoughts. You just like, uh-uh. No, not uh-uh. What words you got? Your homework, good. I feel the Holy Ghost. Your homework assignment tonight is to get a word that will counter those thoughts. Look it up. What scriptures are good for stress? And when your mind stops going, say, peace in the name of Jesus. Oh, God. All right, sit down. You got to learn how to, man, be tormented by these thoughts all day and all night. The devil is a liar. Your words will break that train of thought and start a new one. Your, your words will break that reality and start a new one. Your words. That's why when you say what those thoughts are, that thought, it gets stronger in your life. 
You ain't gonna make it. You ain't gonna make it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm. You're speaking according to that. Ooh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying right here. Cause it's so natural to just speak that subconscious, devilish, demonic thought process. When the Bible says to be transformed, I gotta get out of here. I got to get out of here. By the renewing of your mind. You only renew your mind with the word of God. You, oh man. Uh, by the washing of the water of the word, the Bible says. That's the only way. You were trying to cancel bad thoughts with good thoughts. It don't, do, it don't work like that. Cancel bad thoughts with good word. That's why you never know what your words will do for somebody. You just walk by somebody and say, girl, you're so blessed. You're going to be all right. Oh, that might have broke a train of thought. You don't know what I was thinking about. You don't know I got pills in my back pocket to end it all. But you know what? Look at somebody. Never mind. Never mind. Ow! Look at somebody and tell them how blessed they are right now. You are blessed. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. You are the lender and not the borrower. You got favor. You got power. You got authority. You got peace. You got it. You got it. You got it. Look at somebody and say, you got it. You got it. You got it. Yeah. You got it. Come on, y'all. Break somebody's train of thought. You are blessed. Look them in their eyes and say, you're blessed. Cut that train of thought off. You are not defeated. You are victorious. You are more than a conqueror. Look all around the room and say, you're blessed. 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 You're, no, 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 don't touch that. You're blessed, you're blessed, you're healed, you're wise, you're strong, you're favored, you're anointed, you're chosen. Ah! Somebody screaming here. Break somebody train of thought this week. Just bust them upside the head when you blessed. You are blessed. You're more blessed than you think. You're more blessed than you know. Let me get y'all out of here. Is that it? Maybe I should end it here. All right, let me, let me just. I want us, I'm gonna stop here. The enemy knows how humans work better than you. He's been around since Adam. He's been around and he managed to deceive or, well, Adam wasn't deceived. Eve was, the Bible says. He managed to manipulate two individuals who only knew God. How much more us who's getting to getting to know us? So he knows how the mind plays. If I just play this in your subconscious long enough, you'll become it. You'll become it. And hypnotherapists know how to hypnotize you. 
They stirred that tea like, get out. See that foot? That tranquilizer foot right there. Hypnotherapy knows how to hypnotize you. Go into your subconscious, have you crying like you're four years old again, like, no, Jimmy, no! Going into that deep place. I know it's funny, but it's deep. Have you crying like you're that four-year-old looking at the boogeyman in the room? So you can, they go and they say, there is no boogeyman there. You're fine. See, you're safe. <sighs> See, you're fine. See, you're good. When I count the three, you snap back out. One, two, three. And they don't even know what happened. But their subconscious has been re rewired. To the point where they have no more deep embedded fear. Y'all. The word of God is trying to sedate you. Rewire your past. Change how you viewed what you went through. And bring you to a victorious conclusion. So by the time you come out of it, you are walking in victory. Let the word rewire you. Worship. I sleep to Pandora now. I sleep to Pandora, uh, Jesus culture or Hillsong. Well, that's me. This is the season I'm in. I just leave it on my bed. I just sleep to, to, to Hillsong, uh, Jesus culture, Bethel music. I just let it play. He'll just Pandora all night. Because in my subconscious, I want the praises of the Lord. Hold on, hold on. Y'all clapping for me like that's a good. What are you going to do? Y'all, that's so good. Our path is on point. I'm not bragging. I'm telling you, I'm on this journey with you. It ain't easy for none of us. I'm going to say it again so you don't put me on the pedestal. It ain't easy for none of us. I'm doing what I got to do to keep my mind on him even when my mind is not even alert. I'm doing what I got to do. I'm not bragging. I'm just sharing. What are you doing? Stop complaining that the enemy and you do nothing to protect your mind. You do nothing to protect your ear gates or your eye gates. Stop complaining about the enemy tormenting you. We invited. What's the last thing you saw before you went to sleep? A crazy text or a crazy post, most likely. Or a crazy Netflix thing. It ain't, first of all, we get depressed every night. Nothing on Netflix is good. The comedies are dark. It's like, man, so how are we going to live in this space and renew our minds? We got to disengage at some point. But you got to do it. You can't be involved and engaged to the same crap and wonder why your life is on the same crappy level. Let's stop being insane. That's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing. Expecting different results. Most Christians are insane. I'm saved and God's going to do everything. No, what are you going to do? I'm doing it, y'all. I'm doing it. I'm trying. That's one of the many things I'm doing. Because I'm not falling into this untoward. I'm not doing that. I'm staying fresh for me, for my wife, for my family, and for live. For God. I mean, that's my assignment. <laughs> Thank you. But what are you staying fresh for? 
I don't need, I, don't, I, don't, I appreciate the honor all the time, y'all. I, I really do. Because I was very dishonored a lot of places I've been, so I appreciate that. But I'm saying that so that you can get a fire started under you. Come close to me, I'm done. God says, come close to God, and God will come close to you. How? Wash your hands. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let me show you all this illustration, and I'm going home. Everybody be seated, just so everybody can see. I'm going home. So, I looked up. Can you make it a little darker in here so we can see that? I know they ain't going to see me on screen, because once it go dark, I just disappear. Y'all laughing too hard. I got jokes for all of you. <laughs> I studied, well I didn't study, I just googled treasure cities underwater. Treasure cities underwater, or cities underwater. There are literally towers and buildings and cities that are underwater. I'm not even going to talk about the depths of the sea and all that right now. We'll get into all that later. Just keep living with us. Tell your neighbor, keep living with us. Now this is a crazy illustration. It's not, I don't know how realistic it is. But I'm just being dramatic for a reason. Are y'all with me? The Bible says, come close to God by cleansing yourself. I've said it for a couple of weeks now. You come closer to God not only by praying more, but doing frivolous things less. Sometimes it's not about what you do more. It's about what you do less of. Because if you have the Holy Spirit, you have all of God. You don't, have a, you don't just got the, from the thighs down. Like, God can't see me yet because I ain't prayed for that part of the Holy Spirit. No, he got, you got all of him. <laughs> you got all, the whole, the whole Holy Spirit you got. So I have to decrease... Not prioritize myself, not make what I want first, not abort the second child. If you was here Sunday, you know what I'm talking about. Can you move this for me really quick? So, what you could do in getting closer to God, let's call the city, let's call the city God. Let's call this, this building God. We want to get closer to God. What we do as Christians is we put on the gear we need to put on to get close to him. So we put on the scuba gear, we put on the tank in the back, we put on the little flips, whatever we need to do so we can endure and make it to the city, make it to God. The problem is we can't live like that. So we put on our church attire to come close to them. But as soon as we leave, We take it off. As soon as temptation comes, we take it off. All right? Because you can't live in that environment. We're not conditioned to live under there. So getting more of God or getting more experiences in that building, for some of us, will increase the air supply in the tank. Let me get more air so I can stay longer. <laughs> Let me get two packs. So we do what we can. We try to get more of God by praying more. What if... It was possible, I know this is far-fetched, to drain the water and live there. Instead of doing what I need to do to tolerate, you know, this for, for a minute, what if I changed everything around me? What if I 
I drained myself? What if I completely emptied out what I wanted right now? Because we're being drowned by our desires. Okay. The Bible says we're pollute, dead and polluted in our own sins. You were, we were dead to our own sins. So this is our desires. This is all what we want. And God said, so we, we, we do what we can do to still hold on to us but still get God. What if it was possible? I know there's a big ocean, but what if it was a pool? And you can drain the pool, get rid of all that. I know the water is synonymous to the spirit in the Bible, but I'm just saying, what if the water was a bad thing in this situation? Are y'all with me? Okay. What if the water was just you? You're just in the way. You could live in the presence of God had it not been for all you choking off your own desires. You can live in the presence of God if what you wanted wasn't, you wasn't so flooded with your own thoughts. We could live there if we weren't submerged in our own needs and wants. What if it was possible to just drain the whole pool and live in the treasure city? It is. But do you know how long it'll take? Because do you know how long it took to fill it? We ain't even thinking about draining because of all of the investment it took to fill it. Are you kidding me? I took, hey, I, it took my best years of my life to fill this pool. It took the best of my finances to give this man my heart. It's, uh-uh, I refuse to not have what I want because I, 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 I. We don't even think about, we, we just think about more scuba gear. Because we ain't thinking about decreasing. And some of us are satisfied. If I could just visit there, I'm good. Decrease. Drain the pool of yourself. Drain the flood of your own desires. And live in his presence. What if it was possible? I'm here to tell you it is. It is. And that will be the culture of live. God before me. Everybody say God before me. You can turn the lights back up. Thou shall have no other God before me, even if it's yourself. No other God. Drain that pool. That's the only thing that's choking and flooding you, your own. And there's so much stuff we want. It's dr- we're drowning. But when you can drain that, decrease, and the only thing that will be left is his way, his word, and his presence. And you can live and go, come and go as you please. That's how I want to live, and that's how I want to live to live. So I'm sorry I brought it all the way down. I don't even care because I know how to take it all the way up if I want to play with your emotions. I know how to get you all the way up. That's, I ain't doing that. I don't care about that. Leave here soberly thinking, yo, that's true. I'm, not, I'm sick of drowning in my own desires. It's choking the life out of me. Let me drain that and make him priority. Let me adjust for his presence. If you adjust for him, my man Jonathan Morello's album is called Make Room. If you make room for him, he'll prioritize you. Don't prioritize yourself. Let God prioritize you. Father, I speak a huge, I don't know, (laughs) emptying empty me empty me 
and fill me up from the inside out in the name of Jesus. All of these outside things are flooding me, but I empty that now. I decrease that you may increase in the name of Jesus. This week we go towards your will and your way. We are obedience driven and not just results driven for we know that your way is best for us. Give us courage, give us boldness, give us faith, strengthen our faith and strengthen our trust in you in the name of Jesus. And we believe that no weapon formed against us shall prosper and the thoughts that you have for us will prevail. In Jesus' name, all things work together for good to them that love him and walk according to his purpose. And we bless you, God, in Jesus' name. Let's bless the Lord for his word tonight, everybody. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Thanks for listening to today's message. We pray you were blessed by God's word. If you would like to partner with us so that we can continue sharing the gospel around the world, please visit livechurchorlando.com.